cancer was, is a huge part of your life, but it is not your whole life. I'm Yadira Galindo for N equals one, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. And I'm Michelle Brubaker. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, one scientist, or one patient. And today on N equals one, we're bringing you part two of two in a series on cancer survivorship. In episode one, Michelle, at times tearfully, shared her personal and recent cancer journey. Yes, um, somehow I got through it. Uh, in episode one, we were joined by two members of the Comprehensive Breast Health Center at UC San Diego Health, where I received my treatment. They are Cecilia Kasparik, a nurse navigator, and Lori Knight, a licensed clinical social worker. They play an important role in helping patients like me navigate into the survivorship phase of this journey that I am on. Michelle, I truly am in awe of you for being so open about your experience. Thank you so very much for sharing. We're going to return now to our conversation with Lori, reminding us that cancer doesn't define a person. Emotions are still there and the what ifs and the questions and you know cancer was is a huge part of your life, but it is not your whole life mm -hmm. And so sure I want to focus on this experience that she went through and figure out how to incorporate that going going forward but I want her to have quality of life and not have to live her life as quote a cancer survivor or you know defined just by that that's part of her life that's not her whole life it's certainly an important part and it certainly um, was a rich experience if you will you know but it's not the only part to her and she still is a mom she's still a wife she's still you know an employee she still has a career I mean there's all these other things that are part of of her life and so I don't want to make it just about cancer but I also don't want to um, you know say well gosh it's not that big of a deal you're done move on and, and actually I've been thinking about that very mm -hmm. subject um, quite a bit because sadly you know Michelle is not the only person in my life that I've known who's gone through cancer and I have always wondered when do I stop asking about that I mean I'm never gonna stop asking how she is just for that day, but does there come a time when I should stop asking about cancer and just, how are you today, Michelle? Like, I just don't know where to stop. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And I think Michelle and I, and I have talked about this. It's, it's instead of, you know, how are you doing with your cancer? You know, how are you doing today? Because when you say today, that gives people an opportunity to say, you know what, today I'm terrified. I just saw someone who said something and it reminded me of this and I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, so you can be, you, you have an opportunity to say where you are today, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow you're gonna be in that same place. So tomorrow you might be like, great, I'm fine. I'm going on vacation. I'm, you know, we're celebrating our anniversary and we're gonna do an 11 mile walk. So it really kind of depends on where you are, but I I think being able to say where where are you today gives people the freedom to say you know what today's hard it just occurred to me that I just went through this gnarly experience and I'm still here and I don't know what to do with that and some days it's just overwhelming like today like right now I'm just gonna take a minute you know and then it leads to the next day being open to say you know today's a little bit better it's different 
and never goes away. It's always there. And so we talk about, you know, what do you do with that piece? How do you, how do you reel that piece in when it starts to kind of get out of control? How do we cope with that? What do we do with that? What can we say to ourselves? So we talk a lot about, about how to cope with that piece when it pops up, because it will and it does. And I think that's a great question because I am sure a lot of my friends and family are thinking, is it wrong if I don't bring it up? Is it wrong if I do bring it up? Like, where are we at this point? I mean, clearly when I had no hair and was going through treatment, I mean, that was the topic. <laughs> and there were times where I would say, I can't wait to walk into a party. And that's not the first thing people say, right? That they don't look at me and go, how are you? And I know why they're asking mm -hmm. that. I just want them to walk in and be like, oh, hey, Michelle, mom, friend, coworker, right? Not cancer patient. Um, so I think that's an excellent point because I do think that the caregivers and the friends and the family and the support system, they're going through their own transitions. You know, I worked throughout my treatment, so I came to work while I was going through all of this. And, um, you know, there were many times where I would go, two days ago I was in the infusion center, now I'm at work writing a press release and trying to make that transition. And part of me felt like I didn't want people to make a big deal about it. And part of me wanted everyone to be like, you're amazing for being here. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't know which one I right. wanted. <laughs> Do I want the attention? Do I not want the attention? And I think that everyone is going through that same thing. So I think Yadira asks a great question mm -hmm. from the caregiver, the support person, the loved ones, perspective. I mean, I think for me, I think that I've been very fortunate that my support system has kind of always known when to say things and when not to say things. There's been a few comments. Everybody has them, right? They're always well-intended, but they come off hurtful or makes you more scared or whatever. But I think at this point, I, I personally love that people are asking me questions that are not cancer related. How are your kids doing at school? Like, did you get that assignment done, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm getting back into the norm. So I think that her question was a really good one. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's really important too, throughout the treatment that we empower the individual to say what they need. Yeah. And so, because sometimes, especially in this phase of survivorship, it's like everybody thinks, oh, she's normal, she's back to work, it's all yeah. good, and maybe, well, we know it's not all good and there is still a lot and the, the ripple effect of treatment is definitely not over. So perhaps she really wants to talk about that. And so I think very early on, it's important to empower them to say what they need and to how to communicate that in a healthy way for their family and colleagues, but also um, techniques for kind of transitioning the topic away from without offending the, the you know the caring interested person mm -hmm. um, but I think that's a really important tool to have now but also throughout treatment mm -hmm. and that's one of the things we talked about that Michelle and I talked about in terms of her being in a couple it's like your your life does not have to revolve about around cancer only but it is a huge part of it so how can you limit that conversation without 
being not open to it. So we talked about, you know, setting a, a setting a timer for literally five minutes so that that is the time when they both know, okay, it's five minutes, ready, go. And you can ask all the questions and I can tell you my lab results or what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, and then we're done. And what that does is it gives you much more freedom because then the husband typically is not wondering, oh God, when is she going to ask me? When, when do I have to tell? Oh God, when are we going to have this conversation? And the wife doesn't have to wonder like, well, do I have to tell him to ask me something or what? It's like if you, if it's scheduled and you both know it's coming, then, and you know, it's time limited, it's much easier to deal with than if it's just hanging around and you're wondering, well, when, well, now's not good. Well, now's not good. Well, now's not good. Well, no one talks about it. So they must not care. And that's not the, that's not the truth. It's just people have a lot of difficulty with how do I frame that conversation? So I like the five minutes with a, a, a timer and then you're done. That's you know, great. So yeah. That <laughs> was that. one of, I will say that was one of the best tips that anyone gave me uh, during my cancer treatment because I wanted to talk about it just obsessively. And John was like, I don't know how else to address this with you. So he would, he was getting really frustrated. Like, I, I don't know how else to tell you you're going to be okay or reassure you or comfort you. And I, it, no matter what he said, I just would go back with my, well, what about this? What about this? And so, yeah, we five minute rule. And it was like, okay, we've got this five minutes when the kids are in bed, go, here's what I want to say. Here are the questions I want to ask. And at five minutes, then we're done. We're done talking about it. So it was really a great tool. <laughs> Let's him off the hook. And, you know, then, yeah. you know, you can save it up for the next day. Also, I didn't want her perseverating about it constantly yeah. and wondering, and what about this? And anytime they are going somewhere, instead of saying, you know, look at the beautiful mountains, it's but what if it, what if it recurs? But what if, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things, I don't want it all to be about cancer. I mean, I just think it's really important that we do highlight this because I mean, I'm just I would say in this phase, you know, I still have my last procedure to do. Um, so I'm, I'm a newly, a new survivor. Um, but you know, sometimes I've heard someone say this, Mike, it's very true. Like no matter how much support you have, <sighs> sorry, <sighs> sometimes as the cancer patient, you feel very alone. Sometimes even as a survivor, you feel that way because everyone looks at you and I feel like no one would be able to tell at this point what I've been through. Parents at school, you know, acquaintances, like walking down the street and there's a part of you that goes, I literally went through hell. I made it out and, um, but no one else not you want almost want the world to know what you went through because it was just so life altering and sometimes that feeling you do feel a little bit of alone because even though you can reach out to other people who are going through it no one person's um experience is the same and so there are a lot of feelings that I am processing right now. Um, a lot of things coming up. I'm finding I'm very sensitive to certain things that I wasn't before. I'm finding I'm crying like much easier than I did before. And I know that it is my mind and my body and everything just really trying to process uh, what I've been through. And um, that part has been it's a blessing and it's also, it can be really challenging. 
So I just think right now, you know, um, I want to celebrate life, but I also, you know, I am a very positive person and, but I want people to know that I'm not always feeling positive. I think that I do come to work a lot um, with a smile on my face, but there are times when I go, I love my job. But you know what I really want to be doing? I want to be at the beach with my kids. I want to take them out of school and I want to go travel the world and I want to go experience life because nobody knows when it's their time. And I feel like I have faced something so much bigger than myself. And um, I'm trying to balance the reality of living life wanting to cross off your bucket list. I mean, I certainly can't take my kids out of school and quit work and go travel the world. Like that's not a reality, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how I live my quote, normal life with this new feeling of just wanting to throw caution to the wind and just, you know, be spontaneous and do, you know, do things that um, maybe aren't like the standard. It's not even making sense. I feel like I'm rambling, but mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of different emotions going on right now. And it's hard sometimes to look at everybody else and go, okay, we're doing everything that we would normally do, but I have all these feelings inside, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think you bring up a good point because that's when we all have to come back to, or we can come back to, um, being very mindful of where we are right now and really enjoying that moment because you're right. None of us know when our last day on earth is. Um, and to act as such, you know, a lot of people just kind of, their priorities change. But since you have seen, you know, death, I mean, you've seen, you've looked eye to eye with a potential life-threatening illness and you are now on the other side. And so it really changes how you feel and what you expect from your life. But I think if, when you can't take your kids out of school and, you know, travel the world, I get it. There's always, people always have limits with, with resources, be it financial or emotional or whatever. But I think you can be much more mindful of what you're experiencing in the moment yeah. and that's where the power and the joy comes from mm -hmm. in daily life is mm -hmm. noticing wow what a cool tree I never saw that there before what a cool bird and I think having kids your age is such a great reminder of yeah. that because they are very preoccupied with what's going on and yeah. they, they remind us of, of things about how things look and taste and smell and that's kind of what, what brings you back to right here right now and that's all we have is right here right now no, and no that is so true. And I feel like ever since I was diagnosed, I've done that. I think what's hard as a survivor is that like not everybody around you has that same perspective. So like when you want to just stop and look at a tree, they're like, well, we're going to be late for this. We got to go. And you're like, just take a moment and look at the tree. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's what I think is hard. I guess that's what I was trying to communicate is that like, I feel like every day my senses are just on much higher alert now than they ever were before, which I think is such a gift, but not everybody around you has been through that. You can't expect everybody to, to be like that. And that's what's challenging is when you just want to go, why are you worried about name it, you know, X, Y, Z, mm -hmm. just take a deep breath and, you know, go to the beach. And so that's, 
I think what is challenging right now mm -hmm. because it's not fair to look at those people and go, don't be worried about that because that is truly what they're worried about. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, it's like, this is not worth worrying about. <laughs> and then I, and then you feed off that energy, mm -hmm. right? So then I do start to worry about something. No, 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 I shouldn't be worried about that. Why am I worried about that? It's a little complicated. It's very complicated. Well, I mean, I said we, were, we might get emotional. I didn't, I didn't warn you. I mean, it's truly something um, with a lot of ups and downs, mm -hmm. and I have seen Michelle in all of those phases. Mm -hmm. And she's right. It affects the rest of us to see Michelle going through all of these uh, emotions and, mm -hmm. you know, seeing her getting her infusion and right after surgeries. And we wonder, you know, how can we help? Sometimes you feel helpless because I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor, and you just try to be there and just ask, how are you today? Or try to talk about something other than cancer. Mm -hmm. So I hope that everybody learned a little bit out of this about what survivorship means and maybe what we can do as friends, as family members, to support you through this phase in your life and whatever else might come our way, right? And just letting you know, you have always been a great support to me, like from the very beginning. And so I just really appreciate you and all of my colleagues who have came to my infusions you know, visited me, visited me in the hospital, brought food. I mean, the gifts and cards and everything. Like you guys have really, truly been the rocks. I mean, I consider you so much more than colleagues. You know, you're my friends. You're like, I mean, I see you more than my family. <laughs> um, so it's just very, very much appreciated. I feel like if I was gonna go through this and, and work that I, I was set up to just be embraced by the best. So as you heard, breast cancer is an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it's also physical and it starts the moment you're told you have cancer. When and where the roller coaster comes to a stop depends on each person. For me, it hasn't ended, but I know that with the gifts I've been taught, I am going to live my life to the fullest with my family, with my friends, and enjoy every minute that this world has to offer. And that concludes our episode. For N equals one, I'm Michelle. And I'm Yadira. If you missed episode one, take a listen. You'll get Michelle's full story as well as other podcasts from N equals one at health.ucsd.edu. Thank you, Lori, Cecilia, for your insights, and thank you for listening. Thank you for having us.